Nobody knows me like God. I mean, even if I want to think or pretend I'm hiding things from Him, we know that God's Word says that nothing is hidden from Him. He's all-knowing. He sees all things. He, even if I don't want to confess my sin or I don't want to confess my fear or I don't want to confess, you know, my feelings of rejection or insecurity or whatever it might be, he he already knows this. So in me praying, I'm verbally giving that back to him. And uh, there's, you know, there's some peace and healing that comes in it. Hello, welcome to episode three of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. I'm Michael, the producer of the Redeemed Hearts podcast. Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. Today's episode is part three and the conclusion of five ways to connect in marriage. This is a small portion of their marriage enrichment material called Connected for a Cause. Here's Worley and Danina. So we're Worley and Danina, and we are talking about five areas of connection, five areas of intimacy within marriage. And we've discussed so far physical, social, recreational, intellectual, emotional, and now we're going to talk about spiritual. And I'm glad we're going to talk about spiritual. I believe this is one of the most important areas that needs attention in all of our lives. And really, it's the most important for believers and always um, or often it's it's too easily forgotten. And, and we can be doing well or think we're doing well in some of these other areas. But if we're not connecting spiritually in time, that's going to show there's going to be a deficit. And so we're going to spend a few minutes now talking about the ways in which we as a couple spiritually connect. So, Danina, you want to get us going here. Um, and maybe some of the things that we've done or do have done through the years that help us in our spiritual connection. Well, I think our spiritual connection is very dependent upon where I am spiritually mm-hmm. in my own life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and me in my life. Yes. Um, but there are times that I, I think um, my faith is weaker mm-hmm. than yours is or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And we have to borrow each other's faith. And so in that, it's important that we're both doing the work individually and independently of each other so that in those times, um, you know, hopefully we have something to give Mm -hmm. uh, to the other person. Normally, when we think about spiritual intimacy or connection, we think about things like um, attending church together. Mm -hmm. Um, We're worshiping God together. And um, in a sense, that's a social, recreational, and intellectual, and an emotional intimacy, even physical. We're there together. Mm-hmm. So it really is all encompassing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also there with God, where our hearts and minds are being um, pointed toward God. So we think of worshiping together. Um, you know, the intellectual part is we're learning and hopefully we're growing together. Um, We think about spiritual intimacy with prayer. Um, Many couples will try and read the Bible together or have a devotional time together. I know a lot of couples I see in counseling right now are using the Bible app, and they're picking one of their 
uh, programs on the on the Bible app, and they're reading it separately, but then they're talking about it together. So um, there's that. And then I think one of the things that's probably been the most transformational for us and our marriage has been our prayer life together. We uh, we didn't start out praying together. Um, I mean, we've but, always prayed together, but we didn't pray as much as we are or, now. Or as vulnerably, mm-hmm. um, as more, you know, as open or transparent uh, in that. I think I think of Billy and Ruth Graham when I think of spiritual intimacy and prayer because they, in a biography that was written about um, their life, um, they said there's no better recipe for a good marriage than to pray together frequently because in this way you sense your spouse's heart. And I, I think that's, for me, that's why this is probably one of the deeper, more important levels is because nobody knows me like God. I mean, even if I want to think or pretend I'm hiding things from Him, we know that God's Word says that nothing is hidden from him. He's all knowing. He sees all things. He, even if I don't want to confess my sin or I don't want to confess my fear or I don't want to confess, um, you know, my feelings of rejection or insecurity or whatever it might be, he, he already knows this. So in me praying, I'm verbally giving that back to him. And, uh, there's, you know, there's some peace and healing that comes in it for me at that point. But because of that, you know, nothing's hidden with God. If I pray openly and honestly with you, then there's going to be less hidden from you as my spouse also in that process. Well, and so I think sometimes um, people don't connect in this area for for numerous Mm -hmm. reasons. And I think maybe we should go back and forth and talk about some of those reasons and and then say why those are not reasons to not make this a, a strong emphasis. So one might be, well, she's more spiritual than I, you know, or she knows the Bible better than I. Mm-hmm. And that... that Which could be true. It, you might be married to a to be non-believer and, and you are a believer. And so that does impact... Well, and that kind of brings up the the point of if yes. if if you're if if you're married and your spouse is not a believer, then this is not going to be an area that you're going to be able to connect in. You just mm-hmm. have to realize that. But we're talking about believers here, where both are professing right. believers, and you might have one who said, "Well, my you know my wife, she's the one who who." you know, is the churchgoer. She's, she knows God a lot better. Or, you know, I just don't pray like her. And, uh, and that's, that's not biblical. The, the, the urging for us as a couple is that we share in Christ. We've made this covenant in Christ where we together are in relationship with God through Christ. We, we, it's not just Worley and Danina, it's Worley and God and Danina. And and so we need to be sharing this part of our life together. And um, we have to be intentional about it. So one of the reasons that couples don't is because they may feel out of balance there. And you need to admit the truth. If, if, if you, Danina, are you know, more spiritual than me or more mature spiritually, then that just means I have some work to do. I need to be more attentive in that area mm-hmm. so that I'm not 
letting you, you know, be doing more than I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one way that couples wouldn't connect here. Another way is, you know, well, I don't like to pray out loud. Well, again, if you're sharing connection in, in all these other areas, then you're going to be able to pray out loud with your spouse. And you're going to just be talking to God in front of your spouse. And you're, you're going to share this part of your life with your spouse. And I think if that's hard, I mean, one of the ways to go about doing that is more of that conversational style prayer oh, where much. you pray short sentences just back and forth um, to each other or with each other to God instead of sometimes, you know, people may pray long prayers and then the other person feels like I only have a couple things to say and it's embarrassing or, but I mean, couples that just focus on, you know, we're going to pray a couple sentences for our marriage. We're going to pray then back and forth a couple sentences for our kids. And we're going to pray a couple sentences, you know, thanking God for things. You know, we may pray a couple sentences. I mean, the Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another. It's really uncomfortable, but it's it's more comfortable for me to confess my sin to God in your presence sometimes than it even is to, you know, just confess my sin to you. So Yeah, it's a little more, it kind of softens the sting of mm-hmm. saying, hey, I failed you in this way, or I sinned against you in this way, mm-hmm. by confessing to the Lord. <clears throat> and and we've done that. These are things that we've done and we've applied. One <clears throat> one spouse may not feel quite as eloquent as the other one and has a harder time with the words. And so your your idea about praying short sentences and not too many things at one time, because it, I mean, what God's after here is our hearts, and that we're communicating what's true. And we're just putting words to what we're thinking and what we're feeling, but we're doing it with God in the presence of our spouse. So I think another area that sometimes can cause a couple to not pray together is because of conflict. I, mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want to pray with you. I'm upset with you. How can I pray with you if I'm upset with you? Yeah, I, I think, can't even really talk to you. So how can I pray with you? Or I don't even have the emotional intimacy. I don't I don't even feel like I like you right now. How can I pray with you? That doesn't feel authentic. Yeah, and these are things that we've had. I mean, that we mm-hmm. w- will experience some in the future. So what do we do? Do we not? We just not pray together. And I would say that's one of the worst things w- that we can do is to not pray together, not come together, unless it's for a season. I think Corinthians talks about there may be a season where you separate, and there it's talking actually about sexual intimacy. I think it can be applied here. There may be a season where, you, where you're fasting and praying on your own, but as a rule, as a discipline, to make it a regular part of your life and practice that we pray together. So what do we do when we do have an issue with one another or we're in conflict, I I mean, I know sometimes we'll pray and it's not that I feel warm and fuzzy towards you. I may actually be angry at you for something, but I'm able, I can't hide that from the Lord and I can confess that to the Lord. And usually in doing so in your presence, um, it um, things are revealed to me. And more often than not, it's a conviction of, what I'm holding on to that's creating and causing the anger. But the fact that we've been able to 
and held to a commitment to pray together, I think that's shown itself over the last several years to be very, very helpful for us as a couple. So have we've a- we've grown <clears throat> we've grown a lot in this in the area of I mean when we have conflict and we have certain areas that we just can't find any resolution over. And you know, in marriage there there there's a percentage of conflict um you know or triggers in marriage, issues in marriage that are never going to be fully resolved. They're going to be managed, but they they may not be fully resolved. But what we've found is when we hit certain areas that are really critical for us to find some kind of uh, agreement in or, you know, even to be able to move forward and have peace of mind or have our hearts be soft back toward one another, uh, I mean, it is to just say, we've got to pray and we'll stop and we'll just say, God, you know, we're in this place. You know, I feel this way. You know, Worley feels this way. We just give that back to God. And by doing that, we're inviting him into that conflict and into, you know, that process. We'll pray as David did, search my heart and show me if there's any wicked way in me. Uh, and, you know, Asking God to show us the part that we can change, fix, or control, which is really only me. And we've practically, I mean, when we've had some hard seasons in life, not necessarily conflict for just you and me, right? But just hard seasons of, uh, I mean, you're a pastor at a church. There's a lot of life and people pulling there. We are still raising our kids. We're following them in their sports. We're keeping up with parents and aging parents or, uh, you know, family members that have had, you know, deaths or losses or sicknesses. And um, one season was when we were building our house. Uh, I mean, we've just had these seasons where we had a hard time connecting. And one of the things we started doing was walking for exercise together and praying. So we would walk, you know, where we live, we can, you know, walk a circle that's a mile and a half, and then another circle that's a mile and a half, and we'd walk one of those, and we would um, just talk, and, you know, we may have certain things we need to talk about, um, whether it has to do with us or the kids or whatever, and then the second lap, we would pray. When we're in really bad places or hard places, I mean, there are times we'd pray that whole three miles, just back and forth with each other, and it, it... it always helped us because we were getting exercise, number one, and then we were also praying together. Another thing we do is we often, when we get in the car and we are by ourselves, it's kind of become almost a sacred space. We'll, um, we'll pray together uh, in that time, and, and that'll help us. Yeah, and I think you've said before, we've talked about this, but I, and I've said to you, you know, by doing that, it there's a calming mm-hmm. influence it has on us internally. We're busy, things are going on, we're in the car, we kind of settle down. And I've gotten to the point where if we don't, on, on the, you know, an hour drive to Emerald or back, it, if if we don't start it out that way, that I feel like something's missing and that we, we just need to settle into each other and so it almost becomes the point where we we connect. But we're in a season of life we can do that. When we had little kids, True. you know, we weren't able to do that as much. And so sometimes even just the, you know, going on a walk or just catching little minutes, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there is sometimes we think, well, if I don't have a big block of time, then I can't 
we can't do this at all, but we can all, you know, find a little five-minute block of time here or there to be able to Yeah, and I just want to I want to kind of pause on one of the points you made as far as um, I, I think that when when we do pray, we're we're inviting God into what's going on with us. Mm-hmm. And so, if there's conflict between us, then then we're we're saying, Lord, you're going to have to you're going to have to work this out. We're not smart enough. How many things have you and I come up against with each other? Mm-hmm. We're just not smart enough. Mm-hmm. And 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 allow Him to work as we're talking to him about it together. We're both, we're, we both know each other's talking about it because we're doing it together. And it doesn't mean that he works it out right away. I think we've had times where it's taken weeks and months and even perhaps years on certain issues. But we're, we're, you know, we're inviting him to be a part of that. Um, I think it, it can't help but impact our souls. It's, it's God meeting us at that place Together, and so it has, uh, you know, it has a, um, a a filling effect on us, where we're more at peace, um, peace about our relationship, and so um, the prayer part is one of the ways that we connect spiritually. It's not the only one, but it's probably the most consistent one that we can apply and do in good times and bad. Together. Uh, Together. Part of it is because some of the other things we'll do separately. Like we're we're at a time in our culture today where we have really no excuse from, mm-hmm. you know, not connecting with God. Uh, I mean, we can listen, you know, like this. We can listen to you know podcasts. We can listen to multiple sermons, uh, you know, online. We, I mean, we can have the Bible read to us from a Bible app. I mean, we have. Uh, our email boxes just full of devotionals that come in constantly. I mean, we're really without excuse in just our the opportunity that's at our hands. I mean, many cultures don't even have God's Word in their hands. We have multiple Bibles in our house. So we, I mean, we have the opportunity to grow spiritually, individually, but it's important as a couple that um, you and I have both, you know, been in ministry-type jobs, you know, really our whole married life in some manner served in ministries in some manner where we're both growing independently. Yes. We're spending time in God's Word where, you know, God's teaching me something as I'm sitting with Him. He's teaching you something. So sometimes it's a conscious effort as a couple to say, hey, what's God taught you this week? Right. Um, And I mean, you could prepare for 13 years sermons and God speak to you, and I might hear you preach that sermon, but I might never really know, I mean, what did that sermon do in you? Right. So spiritual intimacy comes when you choose to say, as I was preparing my sermon, you know, this weekend or this week, God really, you know, 
taught me this or convicted me of this. And I, I've, you know, worked to do that same thing with you. If I'm reading something or I've heard something or I've, you know, say, go listen to this sermon or this really spoke to me. I mean, part of us starting Redeemed Hearts Ministries right now came from me listening to a, I mean, I think God was moving us in this direction for you to step down from pastoring the church and us to kind of expand our counseling into, you know, more of a speaking ministry. But, um, I mean, it came from me listening to a sermon online, and um, it just really spoke to me and convicted me about the place we were in, and I shared it with you um, about just taking a step of faith, you know, generally put. But, um, I mean, God used that, and I shared it with you. So Yeah, and imagine, but so imagine what it would happen if we didn't talk about what right. was happening in us or what we were learning in our listening to a sermon or listening to the Bible or reading it. If we didn't share that or we didn't ask about that, we would we would live very separately here. And I think that's part of what our burden is for those out there who don't. Mm-hmm. You're missing on something that is foundational to your connection. And God intends for us to connect here. And, to, and it's because it's here we connect with Him. When we go to church together and we're by, sitting by side by side in church, you know, sometimes we'll be serving and we can't do that. But, but a lot of times we're, we're doing that together and we're, we're saying this is a priority together. And then we hear the sermon and we go home and we talk about a point or two out of the sermon or what we might have heard. Or we're standing next to each other and we're, we're singing a song and I can hear your voice. Um, do you hear my voice when we sing? Absolutely. You like to sing loud, even okay. though you can't sing. Well, I know because I can't, but I hear your voice and I don't think I can sing either. So that's just, you know, the way it is. No, but, you you can follow, honey. But but the point is just as we're, 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 we're together, that's, I think, a way that we connect. And I think that's something that's maybe missing on those who don't place a priority in gathering with fellow believers in worship is is that is a vital way that we as a married couple come together. It's one of one of the places we come together. And we're not just, you know, doing that in worship of the Lord. We're doing that as we you know, we're connecting with him together. We're modeling that for our kids. In in so that's a place that mm-hmm. we connect together. And um, it's a big Go ahead. It's a big deal that we do that. It's a big deal as far as us praying. I mean, all all of these things when we're talking about spiritual intimacy, um, that spiritual connection says that I'm, you know, I'm bowing my knee to God that, I mean, this, this life, this marriage, I mean, my moods, my emotions, my thoughts, uh, my desires of, you know, Maybe it's social, recreational, you know, have a date night. I mean, whatever all these things we're thinking about in these other areas, I'm saying it's not all up to me and it's not all about me. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm humbling myself before the Father with the desires of my heart. You know, you're doing the same thing. I'm, uh, I mean, I cannot die to myself in any of these other areas we've talked about apart from Christ in me. So that's why this is just the, you know, the critical connection and it has to start it's like all the others it has to start with me and the work that I'm doing independently and then 
that that enables me to then move toward you. And as we said earlier in the whole, you know, emotional relationship connection is we we do take some responsibility for the care of the other one mm-hmm. in how that we're we're doing spiritually. And and so I I can lead you even if I don't know as much as you about certain areas in in walking with Christ by asking about it, by saying, let's talk about it. I mean, that that's a form of leadership. Or teach me what you know. Tell me what, what it is that you're learning. And then vice versa. And, and, and so I'm saying that to, to, again, those who might say, well, I'm I'm not going to do it with them because, and you know, that they, they are intimidating to me because of what they do know spiritually. We're just saying this is central. When we married, and every marriage is this way, you covenanted together before God to be one with Him together, and you connect together, and you know, I, busyness of life and. We could focus on these other areas as far as health for our marriage, but if we miss this one, we're we're gonna lose the 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 life that the spirit would instill within us for our marriage. Well, it's not gonna last. The other things are the not gonna last. The other things are not gonna last if if this isn't a part of that. Mm-hmm. And so, because I can't personally, I, I mean, I can't sustain that I can't be good enough, I can't work hard enough, I, you know, like you said, can't be smart enough. I mean, we, we can't create time enough, even though that's, you know, critical to not neglect this. Um, I mean, but we, there's nothing like marriage to show us how much we need Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that I can't do this, you know, with this other person who's different from me in many, many ways. Um, I, you know, I fail to love them in the ways they need to be loved or lead them in the ways they need to lead or follow in the way I need to follow apart from Christ in me. So, it, it I mean, He is our source to be able to um, love the other person well and to be able to carry out all the others. Uh, and, and I would just say one other thing that I think keeps people from doing this sometimes in in that is, is that we don't always feel like it. You know, right. if, if your spiritual life with the Lord is always because you feel good in it, then I think sometimes you won't do it. it, it it's not because I feel good. It's because because um, it's a relationship. And, and I don't always feel good in all my relationships. I, I don't feel good every day. I don't always have those kinds of feelings. Now, I do have good, I, I do feel good part of the time. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and it's important to have that, but but that's not what keeps us doing right. it. That it is a discipline. Sometimes it's a discipline or a choice. And it needs to be. Yes. I mean, we need to make a commitment to it. And it can be as simple as every day I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with Danina on this day. I'm going to pray with her before we go to bed. I'm going to, whatever time it is that you set up. Take into consideration the schedules. I, I see a lot of people in counseling who are on shift work, and so it, it's not always realistic that you can do this every day, mm-hmm. but you can make it a part of your life, just as you make eating a part of your life and taking care of yourself and the things that you do for your kids. Make this a high, high 
perhaps the highest priority in your life is that one you're going to you're going to work in your own spiritual life but you're going to connect with your spouse in this area and sometimes i'll tell people that are working shift work or you know just i mean their life doesn't allow for them to have a lot of time i mean you can still uh, because you're you're reading something or seeing something, you can share a you know a line. You can send them a Bible verse because you've like we've talked about already. You know your wife or you know your husband's having a hard time or you know stressed or depressed or anxious or grieving or I mean whatever it is. And God's word has the answer to all that. Where it's really easy to do a search in Google today and, you know, put up scripture verses for depression, send your spouse a verse. I mean, what whatever it might be where we can be coming alongside and feeding our spouse, um, you know, in, in the spiritual area. Yeah, and I want to make a, you know, comment about the whole feeding yourself or feeding your spouse. And, you know, it's from the scriptures I watched a Francis Chan video the other day. It's an older one than he did. It's really funny. And he's giving a talk, and he is starting to read a passage from the end of Hebrews chapter 5. And he starts to read it, and he keeps stopping reading because he's sipping on a baby bottle. And he doesn't say anything. He just sips on the baby bottle. And then he keeps reading. And then he takes another little kind of sucks on it, sucks on the baby bottle. And then he and he stops and he says, is this distracting? And he said, well, of course it's distracting. He says, because I'm, 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 I'm sucking on milk here. And he says, and that's what you guys are doing. He says it to the audience. He says, when, when, you, when you come to church and all you're counting on for your spiritual food is once a week and you're counting on the pastor to give it to you, he says, you're like a baby. You're just sucking on milk. And he was reading the passage in, in, in Hebrews 5 where the writer is saying, you should be teachers by now, but you're still on milk. And it's because we don't take it in for ourselves enough. And I think our generation could easily be judged because it's available to us in every form that you want. And so we just got to go after it. We got to read it. And if you need help reading it, there's tools to read it. The pastors would gladly help you to know how to read it, how to take it in, how to then take it in and give it to your spouse. And, and it's not it, it you know doesn't require degrees. It's a work as you would discipline yourself that the spirit is doing. Mm-hmm. So that part, as I would feed myself, I would need to take responsibility for: Are you being fed, or how do we connect on that? So this area of spiritual connection, I think, is the foundational thing for all of the things we've been talking about connection. Mm-hmm. And I want to say something. There's, it, it could be a whole podcast on, you know, those of you that are married to a non-believing spouse. Um, where, I mean, this is really a lonely place in mm, your marriage. Yeah. I think it's important that, um, you know, you you grieve the loss that is there, tied to the fact that um, you. This is an area of intimacy that you long for, but you. Um, aren't able to enjoy or to have, I think it's important that you pray and you ask other people to even meet with you and be praying 
for the salvation of your spouse and praying um, just for how you handle your heartache because you can be working in all these other areas of intimacy and really be a testimony of who Christ would want you to be with your spouse unless they're asking you to, you know, go down a path pattern or a path of sin, of course, you, I mean, you're not, you don't want to follow them there and um, have to, you know, set some um, boundaries sometimes there for health and for you and for your marriage. But I think there, in many cases, um, you know, this Christ in you is going to be lived out constantly with this non-believing spouse in um, just in how well you grieve that loss so that you don't become full of resentment or bitterness and, and you know, don't represent Christ well there too. But that's it's a hard, painful place to be, and it's a reality for a lot, you know, a lot of people. But you can be asking other people to step in and pray with you now, I w- not somebody of the opposite sex where you're going to set up temptation for emotional intimacy and spiritual intimacy with you know, someone else, but someone of the same sex, I would be encouraging you to pray with there. Yeah, so. and, and I think part of what you're saying is just don't don't turn away from the Lord, turn to the Lord mm-hmm. in in your being alone. Mm-hmm. And, and God will use and is up to work on behalf of your spouse as you continue to pursue the Lord, you know, in your own life. Mm-hmm. So there's one other thing in, in, that I want to just touch on it ties all the areas of intimacy together. If, did you have any more to say on spiritual intimacy? Mm-hmm. And that it, and this is for couples. This is, you know, as a husband and a wife, my ability to have levels of intimacy with someone else is proportionate to, to what I have with my spouse. So I can have a relationship um, in other areas because I have these kinds of connections with you, Danina. And, you know, I counsel men and women and I counsel couples. My ability uh, to, to be able to give in any way to someone else is proportionate to, my, to the health that I have in all of these areas with, with Danina. And to, to, you know, but I never connect with anybody else in the same way that I connect with you. That it's, it's because of my, you know, depth of connection with you that I'm freer to, you know, have a, a social conversation, interaction with, you know, others. And it flows out of this area of intimacy. It, 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 it's what, it's what strengthens even what I give to other people comes out of this. And I think it's God's design in that way. And and that's important. If you are finding that you are connecting with someone else in these areas and, you know, maybe doing that at the expense of your marriage, that needs to be a big red flag that it's, you, you need to be putting that focus and that time and that energy and even praying for that with your spouse um, talking to them about your concern that you don't have that. Um, it's easy sometimes to just say, well, I'm never going to get this from my spouse, so 
you know, I have this over here with this friend or, you know, this, this person or a that co-worker person or, or a coworker. Yeah. And so they, which is great. I mean, that you might have that, but if you're doing that, the expense of doing it with your, in your marriage, you're going to be in trouble there. So, um, we could go on and on probably about this topic, but we need to, um, wrap this up. And one thing I would say as we close is that, we we all um, are living parallel lives. We're all individuals who are, you know, walking down, you know, paths and on journeys and, um, you know, pursuing different professions and, you know, living our lives in a in a manner just according to who God's made me, Danina, to be and you, Worley, to be. So we we are two individual people who, um, you know, are living our lives, but we need to be moving toward each other and not, you know, just constantly living these parallel lives where we're never coming together and connecting. And I think that's, that's our point. It's a, it's a protection for your marriage. Um, It'll bring a lot of joy um, and satisfaction to your marriage. If you spend the time to work, to figure out how you're going to connect in these five ways in marriage and see what are your strengths and weaknesses. And if you want to see that, we um, we have an assessment on our website that um, you can connect with that will um, kind of let you make, make an evaluation of where you are as a couple in these areas. And it's a good thing to do even just once a year to take that inventory again. So we hope you'll take advantage of that resource at RedeemedHeartsMinistries.com. Thank you for joining Worley and Danina today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. If you missed the previous episodes of this series on five ways to connect in marriage, we would encourage you to go back and listen to them. I want to remind you that as a special treat to kick off the launch of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, Worley and Danina are giving away a free marriage assessment tool that you can use to see where you and your spouse are in these areas of intimacy. We want to encourage you to use this tool to help you and your spouse grow closer in these areas. You can find the link to the marriage assessment on the homepage of RedeemedHeartsMinistries.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning in today. Please rate, subscribe, and share the Redeemed Hearts podcast on social media. Please feel free to reach out and contact us through the Redeemed Hearts Ministries website as well. God bless.